I used to feel so incredibly anxious all the time. And I have this theory, really. It's just something that I've observed about people as I've gone through life. And it's that people kind of tend towards certain emotional frequencies. Um, Like I'll notice certain people are just very quick to anger. When something bad happens, they just get really, really angry. And for me, it's always been anxiety. When things get bad, when things go wrong, I tend towards anxiety. When I was dating my ex-boyfriend, when I was dating men in general, there was always this very heavy anxiety that I would feel like at all times. Um, (laughs) And it was terrible. It was so intense. I would have panic attacks. I would be shaking. I would feel so incredibly nervous. And it wasn't even just about the relationship. I think that is kind of like there were certain times where those relationships were very lovely. They were fine um, in certain moments. And the anxiety, I might be having anxiety attacks in my mind about work, about friendships, about school, about whatever. And I never really was able to see how much that emotion of anxiety was coming from living so incredibly inauthentically to who I was. And when I think about how it got to that point, like how, how did this happen? Why did it happen to me? And I reflect on that. One thing I know is some of it was primed in me as a child. I grew up in a very emotionally and verbally um, abusive household. And I was parentified as a child a lot. And my parents, I love them. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't great. That's, that's just what I'll say. And everyone has different childhoods and different experiences and different thoughts. And I've done a lot of work and I do forgive my parents. I just kind of have moved forward without some of them and with some of them in different ways. But when I look back at my childhood, there was this need that I had as a little girl to stay safe in my home environment, to be pleasing, to make my father happy, to make my mother happy. And if I could do that, if I could do a good enough job of meeting their needs, making sure that they were calm, that they felt good about what I was doing, I would be safe. I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't get hurt. I wouldn't get hurt emotionally or whatever. It was a protective thing that I did to save myself. And because of that, I got really, really good at it. So good at it. And getting good at that, doing better at that became the only thing that mattered. It became my whole focus to the point where 
And because it was happening so young, the personality that I had, the real me, the person I was, slowly became dimmer and faded away in order to please others. Because of all that, it became very, very easy to push my sexuality down because it's not very pleasing (laughs) to the outside world to be gay, especially not in the place I grew up. I consider where I grew up to be like (laughs) the Mormon version of like the Southern Bible Belt. It was very intense. I think the place I grew up last time I checked uh, was like 80 to 90% LDS. (laughs) So it was pretty intense religious environment to grow up in where being gay was not okay. And even when they say that it's okay now, it's kind of, it feels like it's in quotes. Like, it's okay if you don't act on it, right? Like, I have certain family members who don't talk to me. Uh, I think specifically because of that. Um, Who I was really close to, even (laughs) as a kid. So it's just, it's fascinating, really. Uh, The loopholes they go through to... Um, justify that fascinate me but regardless I did a lot to make sure I fit in and this was I think further pressurized by the fact that I am um, half black and half white and I lived in such a predominantly white area Um, it was imperative that you know the difference that you see when you look at me I didn't want to be even more different, even if that was subconscious, because for me, it really was. And I think that's what's so interesting about being a late bloomer. At least in my case, it was so underneath the surface. It was so, yeah, it, it really did feel like, you know, when you are like in a lake and you just look down and you kind of get freaked out by how deep the water is because there's this feeling like what's underneath there. That was what it felt like to me. But for other people, who are late bloomers or who um, are gay, they may know that they're gay. Like they know, they can see that water is crystal clear, but they are suppressing it on purpose. I personally didn't do that. I didn't submerge it for very long after I figured it out. I, I, you know, came out to myself fairly quickly once I really recognized it but you know there was obviously denial and it was complicated um but I think the people pleasing is what really really got me and I have slowly since kind of coming up coming out and like in a in a lot of ways blowing up my life I've really worked on that um and it's been in big ways and in small ways Um, I still get really nervous to displease people who are in authority of me, like at work or, um, I used to get really nervous about displeasing like my professors in college, um, just stuff like that. But I, I will do it. I will actually go through with it and, um, deal with the anxiety that that brings me over dealing with the pain of not recognizing myself and the more I've done that the more and more I've taken back myself and started to realize who I am and 
it is such a good feeling to start to kind of know yourself. I was, as like, as like a teenager, I used to take so many personality tests and I was obsessed with them. And even now I still have a love for any kind of personality typing system. I think they're so fun. But I think I was constantly trying to figure out like, who am I? What, what does this mean? What do all these archetypes mean about who I am? Because I had faded away so much of who I was. I think when you're people pleasing someone and other people in society, you really do lose that connection to who you are. And it can be so easy for people to take advantage of you because you don't have a strong sense of self. And in fact, your sense of self is very much like trying to convince other people to... um, (laughs) basically that they're okay you're trying to make sure that they feel good but you're not even ever checking in with you and the more I did that the more and more dishonest I was with myself it's like the lies that I was telling were so good I couldn't even tell like that they were lies and this puts you in such a vulnerable state it makes you um work really hard for other people and not for yourself but it also kind of puts you in this position ironically where you're trying to please all these people but you're also lying to them like you're being not real you're being fake you know and you're not having any real true relationships with anyone you're not actually getting to meet people for who they are or for and they're not getting to meet you and that is so painful and like when you really recognize that there's been so many times where I would have I'd be like surrounded by people like lots and lots of people and I'd have this sense that they never really got me and especially the the men I dated I remember feeling like no you don't know me you are in love with this fake idea of me but I I had no idea how to be real I didn't know how to be myself to be true and over the past, you know, four years, I've really begun to see myself differently. I've really, like, started to emerge. And I would say that this is the first year, and <laughs> I've been working on this for a while, that I really am starting to feel more like myself, more grounded. Like, even in the simple ways, like, knowing the things that I like, um, you know, like being able to read books and like be proud of the books I'm reading. Like I would often like lie when people would ask me, well, what are you reading? And feel embarrassed by the things I liked to read or um, just like my style, like the clothing I wear. I remember like looking at other people and being like, oh, should I wear that? Should I wear that? Should I wear what they're thinking? Like, what is, does this look good? Does this look good? And now like when I get dressed, when I go shopping, like, I know what I'm looking for. I don't care what other people think. I don't care what other people think about my clothes or about what I wear. And I guess maybe to a certain degree I do. I I guess that's being a little bit too much, but it's so much different. It's not so desperate. The feeling is more like, oh, like, you think that? And I'm sometimes, and I'm like, I don't have to agree with you. And doing that work and kind of moving away 
from some of those people-pleasing tendencies has really allowed me to like get to know myself. And this has been like a long freaking diatribe about me. And you're probably like, I don't care about you because like, who am I to you, you know? But I wanted to share it because I do think people-pleasing, if you're constantly people-pleasing other people, you are losing some of yourself. And I think a lot of people who are late bloomers to coming out in any sort of way and being different are being people pleasers. And I wanted to kind of talk about that, give you some insight about how that affected me and just kind of how I've slowly moved through it. And that's another thing is I think this stuff takes time. I think that when you go online, there's all these people being like, oh, get these fast results, do this, you know, work with me for six months and then your life will be a dream and everything's going to be great. And while I love stuff like that, like I would love for that to be real, I just don't know how realistic it is. I think the only way to change, the only way to really move forward is to do a lot of reflection journal a lot, really get to know yourself, talk to yourself in whatever way is comfortable for you, finding ways to communicate with yourself, that highest part of you or spirit, God, whatever you believe in, the universe, you know, and get in connection with that. And then also really consistently coming back to it and hard work. And as someone with, you know, ADHD, I know that's not (laughs) the funnest thing to hear and it's definitely not fun to think that you're going to have to like be consistent and for me with consistency, for me it's more of like a theme. I don't always do the same thing every day or do something in the same exact way because my brain it just doesn't work that way but I can work towards things if I have a theme if I have a goal in mind and if I have um, an energy that I'm working towards and and that's what's always brought me back knowing yourself unbecoming everything that society decided to throw on to you and that you took on I think that's the real challenge and the beauty of the work that you get to do. And the real gift to me of being a late bloomer lesbian is that I am still like constantly discovering new amazing things in the water about myself. And it's it continues to blow my mind it continues to make me feel so incredibly lucky to be myself like it's such a pleasure it's such an honor to get to do life with me and I believe for you it could be the same way like when you look at yourself and think about who you are and how much you've gone through because I know everyone's gone through some shit okay and maybe your stuff is different than someone else's but it's still like been complicated and hard and wild and you know profound and beautiful and messy and the stuff you're going through right now will be such a beautiful story when you look back of resilience of trying for something more and 
learning how to center who you are and focus on you. I think being a people pleaser means that you do seek to be kind, that you want to be a good person. And I think that's so admirable, especially in a world where so many people are so jaded. I don't want you to let that go, but I do want you to direct some of that love, that care, that, I don't know, just passion that you have put towards other people and that energy towards yourself, towards living your life, towards making your life beautiful, towards making your life dreamy and magical because you deserve to have a life like that. You deserve to feel that way in your day. I don't know. That's all I have for you today. And I really hope you have the best, the best day. And I'll talk to you all next week. Don't be a people pleaser this week. Try to do, say no to somebody. Say no to somebody. That's my little homework assignment to you. Um, Be warned that sometimes people get pretty pissed when you do that. (laughs) So it's okay if they get pissed, but you, you still did a good job. And if you want to tell me about who you said no to, you can always email me at thedreamandbloom at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and I hope you have the best day.